Welcome to episode seven of the Mighty Shakers podcast, a podcast for Bury fans where everyone is welcome to listen, even Armin's mates who sent into Scalmers there when we played Bursco. This week we have myself, Will, Tom, and first time Kate Hall. Later on, we'll be joined by Gaz Pete. Kate, can you tell us your first memory of Bury FC? Oh my goodness. I mean, I can't really remember, but I know that my dad first brought me when I was teeny tiny. So I was like two or three and I can't remember the first game I came to. My dad would be able to tell you, but clearly you can't anymore. But I can remember really early memories of like strolling in along the terrace in along the Manchester Road End um, in the early 80s and then walking into the South Stand, sitting on the wooden benches under little blankets with my dad's auntie and uncle and sitting with my dad and family really and then swapping ends at the you know depending on which way we were shooting and stuff it was great it's okay you just mentioned um your your dad there briefly for those that don't know kate hall is actually kate gifford the daughter of dave gifford do you want to tell us a little bit obviously what your dad did and what he's done for the club well yeah he well, for, in terms of for me, he, he made me a Berry fan. But in terms of what he did for the club, he he was kind of the um, chair of the Supporters Society for 20-odd years. And I think people knew him best for organising the beer festivals, probably. He used to sort of walk miles, getting sponsors and um, putting the beer festivals on, basically. And in case you don't know, he passed away just over a year ago and... He had motor neuron disease like Lenny. So, you know, it's really special for me that all the stuff that he kind of cared about, cared about the club so much and he would want it to come back. And he voted actually yes um, from his hospital bed. Well, my mum voted on his behalf. He wanted the the merge to happen. And so obviously he passed away by the time it did happen, but it meant everything to me, the fact that it, you know, came back. And that's why I feel so close to my dad when I'm watching Barry, and I know he'd be overjoyed that Barry Football Club's here to stay, playing at Gig Lane for future generations, which which is all important. I know every time you, you go to the, the ground, Kate, you go and see his name's etched now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that was a complete supply. We actually had his funeral um, wake at, um, in the 1885 Lounge and complete surprise on that day when my mum and me walked in, his name had been added to that board of where they've got, you know, loads of former players' names, Neville Neville's name, people like that. My, my dad's name was on there and it was a complete shock to us. And it, it, it was lovely. I mean, my dad would be, again, shocked, surprised. But it, it's lovely. And I always like to just go in and, and see it. And it's become a bit of a superstition that I take a photo with it. And I think the first game, you know, the the game that doesn't stand anymore, I took a picture of my dad down and I, I'd written an article for the programme about 
sort of me, my dad. And I remember going, taking a picture next to his sign before the game and then going back with a whole different massive grin after the 5-1 victory, thinking that was amazing. I knew he would have loved it and I certainly know he was there in spirit, definitely. Who's your all-time favourite Bury player, do you think? Oh, gosh, right. Well, my major era kind of was when I was a teenager. So I was going home and away sort of in those two years when we moved uh, from the third division to the first division in two successive seasons. And the person that I sort of loved at that time was Nicky Dawes, who was our sort of midfield general, used to play alongside Lenny John Rose, I had his name on my shirt. Um, he was my all-time favourite. But I had loads of different favourite players over the years. I loved Charlie Bishop back in the early 80s. Loved my first favourite player. I don't know if any of you guys will remember Winston White. Yeah. really early memories and the, my reason he was my favourite player at that age I was tiny then my dad had pointed him out driving in in his car so I'd seen him it was the first very player I'd seen his face so I decided he was my favourite player when I was a tiny little girl yeah just just a little one before my time I don't know about you Tom <laughs> Winston White might I might have seen him play probably not he was more my older brother James's era when James was growing up fairly young going with dad so that must have been mid mid to late eights, mid eighties, maybe mid to late eighties. I think it, it was kind of probably mid, yeah, like I don't know, eight five, eighty six, something like that. I don't know. But he still looks the same. It's incredible. Have you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've not I've not seen him for a while, but I think yeah, yeah, probably yeah. looks good these days. <laughs> so when we asked everyone that's been on so far their most memorable game that they can remember, me and Tom are very similar about. I, Mine was 7-1, and I think it was your 6-0, Tom, you were saying? Yeah, that was definitely my first early memory. Did you get tricked into it as well, Kate, with a big scoring game? No, I've not gone for a big scoring game, and mine wasn't at Gig Lane either. It was Watford away in 97, I think, and that was where we won, well, we sealed promotion by drawing, (laughs) basically, and Dean Kiley saved a penalty in the 87th minute. And it meant that we had secured promotion to, to you know, the highest point we'd got. And it was just incredible to, to witness. And clearly, at the point we conceded the penalty, we thought, oh, no, we're going to have to wait till the last game to, to seal it. And the fact that he saved that penalty just meant that we knew that we were going to be playing, you know, second-tier football the next season. It was incredible. Yeah, I was there for that one as well. That's one of my core memories with Bury as well, that, that save. I remember being in the social club with... With everyone, I weren't swallowed at the game. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I probably yeah, would have been ten or eleven. <laughs> I remember coming home. I was with my uncle, and he dropped me off the morning after, and I was covered head to toe in like and signatures of the Bury players. When yeah, absolutely, <laughs> I, I did the same. Show. I went in the social club <laughs> after the game, and the, the players that I remember being in there as well. And I remember getting my shirt signed like several times over by players because I think I was still technically under the drinking age, but was managing to anyway <laughs> and kind of was so tipsy and happy and ecstatic that I couldn't remember who'd already signed it. So got that many signatures. It was amazing. Yeah. I remember going to the social club. It was through, we played United in a, was it a testimonial? Might have been Wilf McGuinness's testimonial. That was a very early memory. And after the yeah. game, social club, or we played Manchester United, because obviously he was their former player and manager, wasn't he? In the social club, if you remember, there's a room to the right where they used to have pool tables. And I just remember walking in there and I saw all the United players were just playing pool in the suits and stuff. Amazing. <laughs> just go up to them and 
they were all smoking, they all had pints. Completely Goodness different. me, yeah. The days when you could yeah. smoke inside, crazy. I mean, I was probably too young to sort of know all the players, but, you know, the likes of Brian McClare, Brian Robson were there. And uh, it got. Mo- I remember they got Mo Johnston. He he come from Scotland, hadn't they? I, d- I definitely remember talking to him. But that was a un- that was a bizarre memory when he used to be able to talk to the players. And you know, now I suppose at our level again, you can, which is quite nice. So well, we're, we're going to be talking to one later. Aren't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, Kate, do you do you find any major differences? Obviously, pre twenty nineteen to well, to yeah, today? I mean. I was somebody that, again, I didn't watch football for sort of four years. I think at the point that we got thrown out of the league, obviously awful. We all felt the same, didn't we? And I think the way I dealt with it was it was so raw for me that I didn't feel like AFC was for me. Um, Lots of friends of mine did, and I understand why people, you know, perhaps wanted to go and watch football and see all the friends and, and and do that but that just didn't feel right for me and I didn't watch football for four years and I was sort of heartbroken over it really so then when it did come back it was incredible because I was you know so aware that it was once something that we didn't think was ever possible and yet here we were in the game that's now void experiencing the best first game back at gig that was just incredible wasn't it and in terms of the first away game that I went to I think it was Colm away sloping pitch but you know (laughs) I've loved it I've gone to so many of the away grounds and yeah it's great it's just lovely you know feeling that close again to the players it reminds me of sort of going in the 90s and when I used to travel to the away games you used to see the players in the service stations and things and chat to them it's it's like that it's a lovely friendly way to you know follow your club and you know it's nice going to these grounds and being so close to the action it's such a bittersweet moment now isn't that um blossom game at the beginning of the season because especially now it's not counting and Obviously, lean to six point deduction, but I gloss over that because that day was so special for me. Yeah. It was incredible that we a that that re- I know that result doesn't stand, but it stands in our memories. Do you know what I mean? When you've not watched football for four years and that's your first game back at gig, it was incredible. And yeah, fine, they can say that that score doesn't count, but we'll never forget that day because it was incredible. Yeah, definitely. And I I've never been anywhere and been stood with thousands of people looking around and everyone with a tear in their eye and families. And it was a really special moment. And I remember I was fine, held it together <laughs> until I heard Brian saying, still the mighty shakers. And then that, oh, that yeah. it made yeah, tear to me. It was just lovely to see people you hadn't seen for a long time. And so, you know, watching people that you didn't know who they were, but you knew their faces and hugging everybody. It was just so nice. It was lovely. Absolutely love that day. I think because in, in my job, I do I go to loads of football games for Opta. It's almost depressing for me to I've been to Rochdale and Bolton. I mean, you know, because uh, the local, I'm the sort of local guy, so I have to go to those games. And it was just after Bolton got the reprieve, and we didn't. Mm. I think Rochdale, you know, goodness me, the the fans. There's hardly anyone there. The fans are booing the manager all the time, and it was Brian Barry Murphy. And, you just think, goodness me, be grateful you've got a team. And I know. Yeah. Do you know what we've been through as a as a 
whole fan base, if we go back to 2019, no other football fans been through what we as a group of fans have been through. And I don't know in terms of the people that did watch AFC, but I know that having not watched football for four years, it gives you just a whole new appreciation. So every game I go to, I'm just happy because that's something that I never thought I'd get to do again. And the fact that I'm doing it and clearly I lost my dad and my dad is the reason I am a Berry fan. Um, the fact that I can do that again, and I know he would be so happy about it. I feel so close to him there. It feels just right going, watching Barry. It's just, it's really healing for what we've been through, I think. And I think we've got a duty as a, a group of fans and, and you know, the board have a duty to make it a wonderful, inclusive space for us all to, you know, go forward, be successful and get our way back up there in, in a few years, you know. Yeah, and it, it wasn't like it was terrible all this time. It was only really in the day and daily era. And I think sometimes we forget that and sort of think, oh, we'll, we won't let that happen again, which we mustn't do. But there's been so many amazing local people involved over the years, all the way up till 2019 and beyond, of course, behind the scenes. You know, in the 80s, you had the Allen family. Then you had Terry Robinson. You had Hugh Eaves. And I know I know. in the end, some of this, these things didn't end well. But goodness me, the amount of time and money, these their own money these people put in to get us to those levels, to keep saving us over and over again. I mean, there's, there's things Absolutely. I know behind the scenes in the 80s and 90s where somehow we just managed to get <laughs> scrape through you know the skin of our team in terms of money last minute donations and things mm-hmm. and somehow we always we always made it work and we had a good reputation amongst the football fraternity in particular the FA and that's why it's so sad to see that go you know the FA completely lost faith in us because of day and dale and you think mm-hmm. you know that's just them what about all the other the hundred odd years of absolutely great reputation and uh, anyway, I, I hope we I hope we we get that back as we march up the leagues and hopefully play more in the FA Trophy and Vars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, d- I didn't know if you heard Kurt, Kurt, Kate, sorry, but we um the other week we all predicted we were going to win the Vars. And, um, oh, just, yeah. Okay, that didn't go so well. <laughs> no, so. but you know what focus on the league that's our main objective isn't it yeah so, so um, how, how do you feel this this year's going then for on, on you know the- I mean it's been it's crazy isn't it because you look at sort of the early team picture and there are very few of the original squad we started with left it's been a right old journey and we're on the second manager. I think what he's doing is fantastic so far. Um, it's exciting. You know, I hope I hope we do all right. You know, I think we've started to play some really good, exciting, flowing football. And I'm hopeful. Clearly, the points deduction hasn't helped. But, you know, you, you go on, you hope to win all your games. You hope to win the rematch with, with Glossop and we're only in control of what we're in control of, aren't we? So, fingers crossed, we can do what we need to do. Yeah, it's def- definitely changed slightly now, hasn't it? With the um, with the points deduction, obviously, mm. we're having to do the chasing now. And that Withenshaw game on, it's been moved again, hasn't it? Now that, that the <laughs> Withenshaw games, yeah, yeah is that is absolutely massive now, isn't it? There's been a lot of juggling of fixtures, hasn't there recently? It's hard to keep up to date with it, to be honest. 
honest. But yeah, I mean, we, every game is sort of a cup final, really, in terms of the importance to to what we need to achieve, isn't it? So I'm hopeful. I think Dave McNabb's got the right idea. I think the group of players know what it means to us as fans. I think the way, obviously, what is sort of a whole new group of players have gelled so quickly. I think they all understand what they need to do. So I think we've got the capability to do it, hopefully. Have you got a favourite player in the squad at the minute? At the well? minute, well, it's a tough one because I love Jordi and Saka, but he's not around anymore. Mm. So um, <laughs> right now, I mean, Gaz Pete for, for his work. <laughs> really which is which is helpful because uh, he's on tonight clearly there's a few I really like Charlie Doyle at the moment and obviously our keeper I think he's great you know he's he's showing some real sort of Dean Kylie-esque moves really he's sort of Spider-Man-esque isn't he the way he leaps around so um yeah yeah I can't pick a single single one at the minute there's a, a good few that I like to be honest yeah, I really like Doyle coming. And I think the the midfield three that McNabb's brought in, Reeves, Doyle and Scarisbrick, they just they've changed things straight away and we've suddenly got a really see. solid midfield, haven't we? And and a defense as well. I also, I mean, I loved it when we signed Jepson because I think it was a little link to our history, clearly, with Ronnie Jepson being his dad and stuff. And the fact that he scored on his debut was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. We've got a really strong defense, strong midfield. And we've got a selection of strikers, clearly, at the minute, Briggs and Lowe. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> How could I forget Lowe? You know, the fact that they're out, but I think they're only out for a couple of weeks, aren't they? So, fingers crossed, they'll be back soon. But Burns, you know, again, we, we've got a raft of options, haven't we, up front, really? So, yeah, it's good. I just think at the start of the season, we were probably a bit too reliant on our wingers and our strikers, who were outstanding, weren't they? Especially away from home, they just... Ripping teams apart. We were light in the midfield, though, weren't we? Yeah, exactly. The whole time, midfield wasn't really that prominent in the match. And then, of course, the centre-backs never really... We never really got a good partnership going between any of them. So now, that's that's the main difference I see in the team. The midfield is transformed. The possession we're having is double, probably. So, yeah. you know, a team as big as Bury in, in this level, we should be dominating the games. We shouldn't be sort of relying on a striker to score. And you've seen, you know, pick up injuries, these players, and Briggs and Lowe, they're not going to play every game. You've got to find different ways of winning matches. And I think Scarry's brick in particular, in terms of his goals, is going to be absolutely crucial. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, and, and for example, like Pete, great on his free kicks and stuff yeah. like that. And to a degree, Jepson as well. You know, you've got all the options and ways of scoring from from further back with sort of the wing back system and stuff. Well, um, well Jepson t- told us he, he wanted to score ten this season. So wow, yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> missed the first few games as well, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in, in the beginning of the season, for me, I, I felt we were probably had a few too many options, and I, th- I think that kind of led us a lot of swapping and changing. Potentially, Welsh didn't know his strongest 11 I think at the beginning we were just a bit all over the show weren't we and I think when McNabb's coming that's been his first job hasn't he? he's reduced squad size massively and realistic you can probably tell which 15 16 are going to be there every week can't you obviously barring injuries which I also help. think the way he's using Conor Coma is different and Conor Coma for me is a different player under McNabb and he's, he's really effective yeah definitely I, I, I would say for me I think Gaz Pete's player of the season for me, but I don't think Connor's too far behind him in in 
in that respect. Again, what's a different player? Because when we've got a smaller squad, like you say, Pete and Comber have played quite a few different positions and they, they never have a you know anything other than a seven out of ten game, do they? There's no they never have like a below par game. They're always on Absolutely. it. So and, and their work rates are yeah, right up there, aren't they? You know. And I've not seen work rates like that, actually. I can like compare, you know, when you think of Tom, if you're thinking back to like Lenny John Rose and, yeah, and that's like that, that level, level of work rate, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's it's what you need in a game really to to make it really transformative, really. The last few seasons, you know, up to 2019, because we were more, particularly that last season, it was just football from goalkeeper to forward, wasn't it? That was our start. Mm-hmm. We weren't sort of mm-hmm. swashbuckling, big tackling team. It's uh, it's a while since we've had really dogged players like that that have just got stuck in. But it, you know, fair, play, you know, Pete particularly, the guy can play, can't he? Goodness me, I love his like his low center of gravity and he, the way he turns the on the ball, and it makes it quite difficult to get possession off. Yeah, him. he's tricky, isn't he? Yeah, you wouldn't want to be marking him, I guess. No. <laughs> I think he's won more free kicks than the whole squad combined this season. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He must get kicked about 15 times a game, I think. Somebody in front of me actually said, oh, he's the Northwest County's Jack Grealish. He wins that many fouls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what I have noticed, though, in terms of, like, I have never before, other than being in the non-league, experienced a match that's gone on for, like, 100 minutes. <laughs> yeah. But it's become quite common, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think that's just this season, isn't it, with the new, you know, the refereeing... Uh, directives yeah but it, it could just kind of make it more exciting doesn't it when you well we should have won at Skelmers well, if we had all that injury time still but uh yeah Come on. <laughs> but yeah Skelmers I remember looking around trying to find everyone was like how much is added on yeah and yeah. I kept looking at my watch and I said we must be in injury time now and obviously the board hadn't gone up and there was no scoreboard and you kind of just end yeah. up in it's like and didn't they say nine minutes in the end for that game yeah I think there was yeah Crazy. Oh, I think we've. I mean, learned- can you imagine that when we were in the league? Nine minutes. <laughs> Crazy. So, what's your um, prediction for this year, then, Kate? What What do you see happening? I hope we can go up automatically. I'm wobbling a little bit though with the points deduction. So, you would like to think that if we were in a playoff spot, we would be successful. I'm staying hopeful and optimistic that we will be promoted. That's all I'm going to say. Very diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the with and show game is the one, isn't it, for me? I think yeah. I think if we, if, if we potentially lose that, then it's a very big ask, isn't it? I think it, Yeah, massively. Huge. I hope the club do a bit more promotion for that, for me. I feel um, just get a massive crowd down. You know, it'd be great for the lads as well. There's quite a few big games, though, that we should be able to get back to those three and a half, four thousand 4,000 numbers. You know, the, the Christmas one... I mean, Press switch. Press switch. Yeah. Rams yeah. And then when we play the teams up at the top near the end of the season, if we're still in and around the top two or three, we should be we should be getting like four or five thousand really for those games. And I just hope uh, yeah, as many people can see Berry as, as possible, of course, this season. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've had a lot of, you know, friends, City fans, United fans, even don't want to say it, Bolton fans who've come and they've been like you know what, I'll come down with you, I'll, I'll catch a game. And, you know, it's it's great. And I've, I've seen people I've not seen, I think you mentioned it before, Kate, like people I've not seen in years who I've seen at Bury. It's, it's just great. I'm, I'm 
just really happy it's back to be honest I think it's good as well the club's done a lot of promotion with sort of schools and the free season tickets there because for example you know like friends of mine who that support like Middlesbrough because he's from over there has brought his little lad down and they're impressed with the standard of football and to be honest so was I because you having never watched non-league football I didn't know what to expect but I mean you know I'm impressed with the standard I think it's good yeah I'm, I'm the same I mean I remember that first game and thinking oh but this is actually, you know, decent. And and I think it helps that we try to play football. I mean, there's some teams you come into there and you, you think, oh, it's going to be a long 90 minutes, this. But feel as a very fan, I don't think I've had a 90 minutes where I've been like, this is proper bad. Because, like, you know, you, you see five goals, sometimes you're on the wrong end of it, but you see five goals, you're seeing 100 minutes of football, your tackles flying in. I think that's my favourite bit, I think. They're not afraid of putting a tackle in, which I like. I was at Ben Altwick for the 7-0. <laughs> oh, so yeah. we can do that. We can do a couple more of those, get the goal difference up again. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I've, you know, we've got it in us, haven't we? I, I think um, especially Skelmersdale and then Pilkington um, games, we, we should have had a lot more goals. I think th- those games, we probably missed a lot of chance. I think Skelmersdale, we had 26 shots, I think it was, top of my head. It was astonishing, wasn't it? It should have been a, a different score that night. It really should. <laughs> well, I think their goalkeeper tweeted that. I said something, their goalkeeper tweeted me. I mentioned him and saying he, he had a great game. I said, we, we could have played another 90 minutes and still only scored one penalty. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was unfortunate. <laughs> Welcome, uh, Gaz Pete. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your career so far in football? Yeah, I mean, if you can call it that, yeah. So I've obviously come into Berry just recently. I was I was at Everton Collieries for 10 years plus, a couple of years on and off and things like that. So I've been around these sort of levels for a while now, yeah. So I started off in Division 1 counties and then worked our way up, yeah, which has been pretty nice. We had a lot of successful times at Everton. We won Division 1 counties Counties Prem and then the league above Evo sort of finished in Northern Prem before I moved to Bury. So yeah, quite quite pleasing. Um I think yeah, really obviously what I've achieved and stuff, but now I'm at Bury we'll get some more hopefully. Were you with a youth team or have you always been non league like academy wise? Yeah, well I had a little, little bit of time. Everybody spends a little bit of time at the youth team. So I was I was at Wigan for a few years, up until sixteen and then then after that I was again quite lucky. I joined um, a, a, a youth team with, with a lot of my mates around where I lived, but it was a pretty good youth team. Sort of, it's only it was fresh and athletic, but we played um, a lot of teams such as like Morecambe, Altrincham, teams like that. So it sort of moved me then into your county's level of football. So we just went to straight into the first team. A lot of the lads who played with me in the um, in the youth team at Ashton. So yeah, it worked quite well, and that's then when I started playing. Northwest Counties and, and got a move to Everton not long after I was at Ashton so uh, the manager moved on and I moved with him and then that's sort of where it started for me 10 you years mentioned. at a club's a long time isn't it yeah, I know everybody always says that so, so I did try a little bit at the beginning because because of the level that Everton was at try a little bit to um, go higher so I moved to Skem when there was in Northern Prep a really, really good side, and I had a couple of years where I was on a boat. I had a lot of made a lot of good memories at Aberdeen, yeah. Which again is 
you don't very often stay at a club for that long, but I was that settled and because I was so successful, like there was no reason for me to move on. As soon as Pleggy come in, which was about four years in, yeah, it was really easy. So I just stayed there and kept winning things and you just, yeah, you don't want to move on. Met a lot of good people and met a lot of my best mates from Aberton. So yeah, really, really good times for me. Did they give you a testimonial? Not yet, no. <laughs> I think after last year, they were expecting me to. <laughs> so, uh, it didn't quite work out like that. So, no, uh, maybe maybe in a few years, we'll see. Didn't you score in your last game? Well, what happened was with it. So, we we had we, we didn't have a great year last year. We was always just above the relegation zone. So, I got right to the end. And obviously, I probably knew towards the end that it was going to be my last couple of games. And I was on 49 goals. So that, that's how many I've scored for Hamilton. So I thought, they get it somehow. We ended up getting a penalty last game of the season. And then obviously I've took that. And similar to the one I scored uh, the other day, put it exactly the same place. So luckily it went in. And luckily last game of the season, we managed to stay up by one point. So it was a good ending in all. I got to 400 appearances in the last couple of games. And obviously scored my 50th goal. So done quite a lot. Yeah. Have they got a statue of you outside the ground yet? What a goal per game ratio for fullback. That's absolutely amazing. Mm. Yeah, it's considering it's played a lot of my time at fullback. I did have a little bit of time at left mid, midfield, which is, I think, what you've seen a little bit of, but that, that's predominantly my position. So, yeah, I used to take penalties. I used to take free kicks. So, I can't always hold my hand up and say I was running halfway line all the time. But, yeah, it was um, not too bad. I'm quite happy with that. One in eight. One in eight. One in eight. Not too bad. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Wigan before, obviously, but Academy. Who's your team? Who, who do you support? Uh, Liverpool fan. So I am, but I don't I don't get a chance to watch a lot of football. I try to. I take my little lad watching England quite a lot. It is Liverpool, yeah. So I, I obviously team, but I do I try and take him. I've took him to quite a few places, like over the like across the world and stuff watching England. So I plan on doing the same again in Euros uh, in the sort of, yeah, in the middle of June next year. So enjoy what I enjoy doing that. Found a lot more time to do that, so yeah. Fitting well with our team because I imagine there's quite a few scouts, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Yeah. There is now. <laughs> there is now. So yeah, all good lads, by the way. Yeah. What kind of made you take the leap after ten years at Atherton to come to Bury? Oh, it's a tough question. I think obviously, I at my age with where I'm at, I knew that I could still carry on playing at a good level. So it was a little bit of I knew what that I was going to try a different challenge but obviously I didn't know where it's funny we're non-league so as soon as you get to the end of the season it's not like you've got a lot of it's always you wait until the end so you don't quite know what's coming there was a few teams in and around and stuff like that but as soon as Barry came in and obviously that opportunity to play there that's where I wanted to go and that's the only sort of thing what really excited me so to speak with every club that came in it was a big leap but it's a good one how much were you aware, Gaz, of like Barry's story, you know, these last few years and the whole being kicked out of the league and all that? Didn't know of it. So obviously, I don't think there's not many people who didn't see everything what was going on. I, I remember listening to Sport when it was all happening and Roman oh, yeah. came on and I was listening to it then. And I think that's the first time I actually re- knew and realised and he was sort of being called out on Sport a little bit. By And then that's when I was just started looking into it a bit more, obviously unbeknownst that I was going to potentially join Barry a sort of few years down the line. So, I mean, it's shocking. And obviously, it's not just Barry who's had that that happened to them, but yeah, it's um, really nice to see now and building back up. You mentioned the level Aver- Averton are at. How high do you think you can still play? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Uh, I did. I'd like to think I did pretty well at Melbourne Prem. I, I, I think I can carry on playing at least a couple more years. Uh, it's all dependent on on what comes around the corner. I, I'm not sort of stupid with, with non-league football. I've seen it all before where you could quite easily be here one minute, not here the next. It's all dependent on how you play and, uh, and how you move to manage. Just trust you really. So I had that, that go back to Aberton before. I had a great relationship with a lot of people, whether it be the two managers who I had, three managers, sorry, who I had at Aberton and all the lads as well. And you're talking committee, tea lady. <laughs> so it was something that I probably couldn't, have envisaged ten years ago, but it was it was something that yeah really sticks with me. Hopefully, I can carry on for another few years. It is at Berry, so yeah. You did all right. Though. It was McNabb's first game you scored, didn't you? Yeah, I did, and I don't know why. I'd be <laughs> I remember last time I ever scored. Game. You've done all right there. In your... <laughs> I think I just closed my eyes and hit it. Yeah, but it worked out well. <laughs> was game, I think playing left wing for a little bit, so it was um it was good. I think uh, yeah, I think that hopefully. Got me a chance there. <laughs> Did you know Dave before he came in? Yeah, it's quite funny with Dave. So I, I knew, I knew, I knew quite not in terms of knowing him as a person, so to speak, but I, I knew of him, um, and I think he sort of knew of me just through playing Aberton and Rylands quite a lot. We sort of moved up the leagues a little bit together and stuff. And I think at times he he came in. I spoke to spoke to Tim and stuff, and he said. So I'd sign you a couple of times. So I thought that sounds good. That was quite nice. So it was, yeah. I think of of, of Tim and Macker. It was, um, it was something that, yeah, like I said, I knew of them and especially the teams and the way that they play. So I was excited when they came in. I have to, I'm not just saying it. Uh, I was quite looking forward to who they was going to bring in and, and the style that they do play. And obviously, you can probably see the patterns of play and stuff. It's exciting to be be, be a part of. I think it's exciting how you know essentially a whole new group of players has seemed to have bonded really quickly since McNabb's come along and, and are playing really decent football. So when Andy was here, he had the, the two very different types of managers. So Andy had a really big squad of probably, I think, 30-plus. And then when Dave came in, and obviously Tim, they trimmed the squad down completely. Obviously, bringing in their own lads as well. And I think we've now got about 18. We've a couple of lads who are injured as well. It's 18 and it's, it's a... a, a Closer dressing room, if that it was, it was close before, but obviously now it's more of a you know, 18 lads who are going to be there and, and and playing and stuff like that. It was a little bit different with, with Andy. So, with the, the, the amount of lads, we had so many really, really top lads. A lot of the lads were getting left out of the squad and stuff, which is just a different way of working. Different managers have different things. I've enjoyed every single lad who's come in and stuff like that. And I think the dressing room seems to be really knitted together with, and, and that's what he's sort of talked about from the very first minute of him coming in which is which is right up sort of what I want and that's exactly what it was like at Aberton really we had a small squad that was that built sort of your, like I said before your best friends I've, I've sort of grown up with now for Aberton hopefully something I can do at Berry as well Yeah I think you're definitely um, well wiped in the change room mate because we've had Palmer on who was singing your praises and we had Ollie Jepson who was singing your praises as well said you're a top top bloke obviously um, Palmer Obviously, you might have seen it on Twitter, Slim Pete. <laughs> you know why it came about? I've never, so obviously, I've been at, being at calls for that long, you don't very often do initiations. So, after that, and then we, we was in a restaurant, and all of a sudden, then lads are singing, I'm last, and Burning Man with my Wigan accent. There's no no music. There's no nothing. I'm just trying to sing to to Eminem, rap to Eminem, should I say? But it was more like sorry, 
honestly, it was just more like talking. But anyway, all lads loved it, and it's obviously stuck in their heads. I've still, I've still not seen video yet, so I'd rather not. <laughs> I'm gonna say I've not heard that story. You might have to um, show us what what, what that was like. Yeah, it was a fun way to initiation. It was uh, something I don't think a lot of lads. <laughs> I tried to, but yeah, it's not going. Yeah, still stuck, stuck in my stuck in my memory. Are you going to uh, perform for the Christmas dinner or Christmas do? No, I'll, I'll leave it to all the other lads who've got the initiations coming up. So yeah, we've got, <laughs> we've got a lot more, uh, we've got a lot more lads who haven't who haven't done anything yet. So we was going to do it all at Wickham, but obviously that didn't work out very well. So we'll uh, we'll save it for another time. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have to drop them in it as well, Gaz. Yeah, well, uh, when we was on our way home. From- just a really quick story. So we, we a few a good Sam Burns. So I'm telling you, if there's one person you want to sing it, whatever it is, get him down. I'd pay him a fortune to sing for me. Should should hear his voice. Unbelievable. Good or bad. <laughs> you can't tell. <laughs> Unbelievable. What a voice. We'll have to get him on to give us a song. Yeah. <laughs> Do a jingle. <laughs> <laughs> so when you came in, Gaz, um, obviously you've you mentioned it just then. You've, you've worked under two different managers this season. What was the ambitions under Andy Welsh when he brought you in? What was that conversation and like? Is it similar under McNabb now? I mean, obviously, I, I owe a lot to Welsh. He brought me into the club and and, and he put a lot sort of a, a lot of trust in me with with what he wanted and how he wanted me. And and I was really clear with him. I wanted to come in and. The first thing I said was I want to win the league and I want to win the league at Gig Lane. So that's not changed at all for me. I still sort of. People think, well, I've told all lads. I mean, that that feeling of winning that that league at Gig Lane, I, I don't think there'll be any feeling that any of them lads will, will get. That's the aim for everyone. Under Andy, it was again. It was. I'd like to say I was finding my feet. It was a bit difficult at times because we were sort of we had a big squad and we was rotating a lot. I wasn't used to that. I did. I didn't think I'd find it as tough as I did. Probably right at the beginning for whatever reason. I just. Just couldn't quite get going, and I think it was probably only up until maybe the last couple of games of Andy's reign, or and then going into when we didn't have a manager, where I started feeling like I was either I don't know whether it was just something, and and I felt yeah like I could you know give a lot more to the team and stuff like that, and and yeah it was like I say oh Andy loads, and I think Andy's built built a great well he built a great team there, and obviously with winning the league below. Yeah, real shame that it obviously didn't work out, but that's it's non-league and it's all about winning games of football. And when you're not, there's somebody has to suffer, and unfortunately, it was it was Andy, and and obviously, yeah. So, but good luck to him. He's obviously doing really well at Geisley, and I'm made up for it. He deserves it. Yeah, he does. Really deserves it. We mentioned before, very briefly, about how many times you get kicked <laughs> in a game, and we were saying you you must win about 15 free kicks every game. <laughs> it's never changed that. I don't know what it is, but like. As I'm getting a bit older, them kicks are starting a little bit more. So yeah, I was uh, I got a kick on towards the end of the game last week, and I'm walking off thinking I shouldn't. Be, I, I don't even know why I put myself in them positions. Just get the ball clear, and uh, yeah, it just tends to happen. It's just the way they play. I think it. I think it's my my like the way that I play when I'm drinking it, trying to drink in and out, whatever reason, just get clipped and very easily, <laughs> very easy go down. But I don't know. Really, honestly, it is genuinely a fail. But yeah, what's been your sort of most memorable time so far at Berry? What's sort of the game that sticks out for you? I mean, every time you play at Gig Lane, it's something else. Honestly, I mean, you've probably seen the way that I smile every time. It's genuinely like because you're so used to playing in front of maybe two or three hundred 
players and you're probably going as high as conference with that conference north something else I'd, I'd probably say that my um my first goal was really nice. I think scoring that penalty at Ramsbottom was good. Celebrating with all fans behind the goal. Yeah, I think I think them two probably them two just like stick out. Yeah, for me. Yeah. Did you play in the seven nil? No, I was just. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was a uh, thanks for setting me up with that one, but yeah, I was suspended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He had you, he had you doing um lengths of the pitch, didn't he? If I remember, two lengths of the football pitch. He's a lot earlier than playing Martin, so I don't know what goes on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw you at one point. You you've been doing it for a while. That I went with my dad and I nudged. I said. Gaz is going to be sick here, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. I could play 90 minutes, no problem, but running two lengths of a football pitch when you've not got a football at your feet is some yeah, other thing. I don't know what it is. You'll have plenty more chances to have your favourite game of the season, Gaz, because we've got, got a lot of these games, haven't we? These six-pointers coming up against like Withenshaw and every game at the moment, there's so many. I know they keep changing them, don't they, the dates, but there's always a game or two around the corner. Yeah, well, obviously we should have played Women's Shaw yesterday, I think, shouldn't we? So it was they'll they'll come around thick and fast in all these games now. Actually, through now, and we saw a lot of the a lot of these games are becoming more and more important to win deduction and stuff. So I'm sure they will. I'm sure there'll be plenty of games that will sort of pack out gig, gig with and stuff, and we'll have some great times. Obviously, I'm waiting for Alaman, so we'll we'll. we'll Wait and see what that holds. I've heard a lot about that and stuff. So I'm just hoping. I'm just hoping. Obviously, towards the end of the season, we're we're right up there. I've got no doubt about it. But just to give you really something that we can lift in front of you all. Yeah. So what's your prediction for the season? Then? Still think we win the league. I do. I personally think that we've got a lot going on there with all the play that we've got. I think you're probably seeing a lot more of the patterns of playing things. I'd like to think. I, I feel like that that's the case. We. I think there was some stat with the other day, which again. I know that you we've just put them stats out on Pilkington, but we had I think we've had something like ninety shots in four games. And I know it's not great the amount that we've scored, but <laughs> when you see chances, it's it's only gonna be a matter of time where we just go on a run and we do start winning six, seven, eight games in a row. I, I really do believe that that will come and I don't think we'll be far off that. It's just putting them now into play and finding the right balance with, with, with putting the ball in the back of the net because we just we just we're just so close. So it's just yeah, final, final yeah, touch it back of the net, which which would be nice. We were sort of saying before, like, you know, they were asking my prediction for the season. And I was sort of saying, hope we win the league and everything. But I said it'd taken a bit of a wobble with the deduction. How did sort of that six-point deduction affect the group of players? Uh, I don't think it did. I mean, obviously, we was gutted because we've lost six points. And when you see that, when you're up, when you top at league and you get, I think we ended up one point. Didn't we above above top? But then you you you're second within a week. It didn't affect directly, as in there's anything we could do. I don't think it changed the way that we was playing or anything like that, or put any more extra pressure on us. We know we have to win every game. We believe that anyway. We play for I, I believe we should be winning most games or every game, and and not just that, but performing well as well. So we've got a chance to win three of them points back, which is good in the grand scheme of things. I don't think we'll lose or win the league by six points or whatever it is. Yeah, we won't lose the league. I don't think we'll be a lot closer than that if it tends if it, if it does get that close. But I'm confident. I really am confident, and I'll stick by that. Would you rather be sat at the top of the league or would you rather be chasing? Uh, I've, I've been I've been in both situations to be fair. So one of the times when we had when we actually won this league with Everton, we played it. We was very close at the top of the league with Bootle at the time. We did pretty well in the Vars. I think we got to the last sixteen. I think it was last eight. I can't remember which one it was, but 
we had a lot of games catching up similar to what Barry had last year. And we, I think we was, I think it was five points adrift at one point with about three or four games in hand, and we ended up winning four games in the bounce, and we actually won our league one games. So I was happy chasing. I mean, because again, it was. Um, it puts a little bit more extra pressure. Bootle started drawing and, and losing a couple of games when when they could have gone out to start and stuff like that. I, I wouldn't mind being 10 points clear. Towards <laughs> 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 March and April, I'll tell you that, because let me tell you, for, for, for a player, people don't realise it. And I don't know what it's like for a fan, but every time I've won a league, I've not enjoyed that last period until I've actually won the league. That last one is gruelling, let me tell you. It's a grueler, but it's nothing better than when you finally get through it. Please make it out. <laughs> <laughs> I think the lads, I mean, the lads are... We, we we play for the, the biggest team probably this side of you know the conference. We we, we know what it we know what, what we need to be doing. So we, every lad in that changing room, honestly, they, they think about it and they want to do it. So it's something that we'll definitely give everything we can to do. And I think um, hopefully by the end of the season we'll be there and and you can all celebrate with us and can all celebrate together, which would be nice. Yeah, hopefully a few games to spare so I can have a few games off towards it. We were saying earlier because it's my first. Podcast podcast that I've done I didn't watch AFC in the and so my first game back watching Berry was was the Gloucester game that the result now doesn't stand but for me every game watching Berry has been brilliant because we thought we weren't going to get to to watch them again do you know what I mean so the fact that we are able to do that and that you're playing great football is just a thrill we just hope that you can achieve what you think we're going to achieve that's all that, that first, I was obviously gutted that first game. Yeah, I wasn't there because I was on holiday, so I missed them. For, I think it was two two games I missed. Oh, and I was gutted, honestly, watching that. With what was the five and a half thousand on? So, yeah, I hope I can get that back towards the end of the season when we're parading the trophy round. So, yeah, again, I'll, I'll, I'll try as hard as possible for that because I'm, yeah, I feel like I'm old one <laughs> that first game of the season. But it's been a real fault for swallowing it up, yeah, for swallowing it up in Turkey. You'll get it, guys. Near the end of the season, we'll get we'll have some big crowds at gig. And then maybe the gossip game when it's rearranged, I think there'll be a big crowd for that as well. That's not been arranged yet, has it? I don't think that's No, 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 I've seen no. No, I don't think it has, has it? So one of the many games, I think just keeps getting thrown in. I think we just had one put in on the second of Jan, which is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a good one because I'm on holiday. Oh yeah. We just keep putting games in whenever. I don't think there's any sort of motive to where, when they. I think they just see a Tuesday and they just throw it in, don't they? No matter when it is. It's good that the Longridge game has been rearranged so quickly because that's another game that could have gone and you'd forgotten about it. So I'm, I'm glad we're playing. It's a chance for three points, isn't it? Three points, and that's what we need to keep doing now. Yeah. So after playing Pilkington, it was all about. Right decision, obviously. I think a lot of games was off, but yeah, it was a bit gutted. We just want to keep. You can't go on a run without playing games. So it's this time of season now, where there's too many games that get called off, unfortunately, and we're quite lucky. We've got gig. That's again probably going to prove to be a massive thing towards the end of the season. Is having gig lane and how good it is with the pitch and stuff. Let's hope that we don't have too many called off over Christmas and, and stuff like that. Yeah. On that theme, I've always wondered, like as a player, the diff- Obviously, you're saying you're loving playing at gig lane because of the pitch and stuff like that. The difference between playing at gig and the fact that we sort of had a whole month really where we didn't have any home games and the difference between them playing at those 
away games where you've sometimes got a sloping pitch or a patchy pitch, <laughs> do you know what I mean? What What's it like when, you know, one week you're running out in front of a few thousand fans and then the next week you're running out in front of a few hundred and the difference? It is. I mean, when you start playing it, I mean, when you kick off, don't really. You notice it when you score and stuff, but I don't know. It's, it's a funny one with, with playing. You sort of switch off and you, you just try and play your own. Well, I do anyway. I just try and play my own game, but it's when you see all that, that stand, that D block and stuff where they're, they're all celebrating and that when you score. I mean, you can't ignore that. And obviously, your main stand as well now. So that that's. That's something else. But yeah, it's when, I mean, we had obviously, we had about three, four hundred who watched us at Everton. It was, they made enough noise, obviously, for that small group. But it was, I mean, it's just giggling, isn't it? I mean, it's hard to describe, obviously, playing in front of that many fans. Not many people get that chance. So to do it sort of every week and even away game, I've just never seen a following like it. So it's honestly unbelievable. And even when it, I mean, that, that Ramsbottom game sort of epitomised that. I mean, it was second round at Macron Cup and I think, what was it, about 1,500 just behind goal? I think that was at one point just yeah, unbelievable. And, and all the lads don't take it for granted. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's yeah, really, really big. I think that win was quite crucial. I know people might dismiss it as a Macron Cup game, of course, but... To come back from a pretty poor first half, particularly first hour, really was very poor. To come back into the game, get it to penalties, and then you obviously finish the job. I, I think that was turning another corner. I do, and I think the fans had a real moment in the sun because we've not done well in the cups <laughs> this season until that, really. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, obviously there was a lot of change in that game. Felt like the lads who came in deserved that because some lads haven't played as much as others and stuff. And I was obviously one who, who didn't play in that game. I was more than happy to give somebody else an opportunity where they, they, they deserved it because they've been watching for a little bit of time and stuff. So not a, not a great first half to watch. I don't think the second half was probably too good for you either. I think we played some good stuff at times. Uh, the the Pitch really didn't help. I know. I don't think I said it in my interview at the time when I when, when I um, when I said about the pitch. I don't normally like making excuses. It was tough because of how much it gave away under your foot and stuff like that. I think it levelled it out a little bit. But that behind that goal when we just won on penalties was yeah brilliant, honestly. And I obviously made most of every bit of that. So you think you've seen that? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> fans, I'm giving somebody an handshake or an hug. Yeah. So I'll carry on. By the way, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations on your Player of the Month award. Very much, yeah. Appreciate it. How's the car? You know what? Honestly, so I've not had a driving license in a while. I can drive, but I can't find my driving license anyway. So, so <laughs> I've had a message off Adam from from Berry. I think it was this morning, and so I, I thought, right, I've got to go and try and find this. Right, I can't find it anywhere. So the car at the minute is <laughs> not with me. Well, I've got another week. I've, I've just ordered a brand new, a brand new driving license just so I can get my car next week. <laughs> And then I can parade it round with you. Yeah, I can. With your name on the side. My name on the side. I don't know if <laughs> I'm not so sure about it yet with my name. We've got a message uh, that one of the lads knows someone who you know. So I'll read your message out and obviously you can have a guess who, who sent it in. So it says, he's just the best lad ever. Genuinely not met any better. However, he never stopped stretching his calves pre-match in the team talk. After the game, he will always just be stretching while you're talking. I once dropped him at Mosley away and he threatened to go to Skem for an extra fiver. That was my personal favourite. I've just got many good memories with him in Dublin together, nights in the rope and anchor. He generally made my time a lot happier for him being there. Oh, that could be a number of lads. That. <laughs> I've had a few times in the rope and anchor, so Mosley away for a fiver. I don't know, is it Cleggy, no? Yeah, no? it's Cleggy. You know what, I'm not, 
we've had some good times, I tell you. Yeah, we have, we have. And that's my manager as well, who I can sell that to a bit for father. So we obviously had a great relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and with a stretch, and I think you've seen that anyway. So I think I stretched two minutes into a game sometimes. You probably think I've, I've pulled up, but I've, I've not. It's just, I don't know what it is. It must be, it must be a natural thing for me now just uh, to stretch and it's in my head. So yeah, I'll carry on doing it. It's kind of, it's like me not getting any, many injuries, so I'll keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you keep playing how you are doing, mate. Keep, keep yeah. going. We usually finish off with a prediction for the game. You can go first, guys. What, what are you predicting for Longridge? I'll go for 2-0. 2-0 win. Clean you sheet. Any goal scorers? I'll go for, uh, yeah, I'll say an assist, but go <laughs> I'll say assistant. That's happy, happy days. What about you, Kate? What are you going for? I'm going to go 3 0. Didn't Oliver Jepson predict Skem was going to be like 8 0 or something? You <laughs> see, <laughs> keep it nasty. Yeah. <laughs> I think after Pilkington, we're definitely due something like that. If we'd have scored earlier on or scored a second goal in the first half, I think it could have been 6 or 7. So I'll, I'll, I'll be a bit more. Bit more gung ho, I reckon. Four one to Barry. Mm. I'm going to stick with because we did this before the Pilkington game. Obviously, the last prediction. So I'm, I'm going to stick with my two one. I think no clean sheet. Sorry, guys. Well, it's all right. Okay, um... <laughs> yeah, if, if we're all saying win, that's that's positive. Yeah, that's the expectation. That that's what we should be doing every game. So yeah. Thank you, Gaz Pete, for joining us. Really good speaking to you, mate. We look forward to the three points on Saturday. Thank you very much. Thanks to you all. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. As always, going to do our shakers shout out this week. We're going to give it to John Raftery. We feel that he does an awful lot behind the club. He also has put in place the shakers worldwide, where people from far and wide come. He welcomes them at the ground. I know someone personally came from, well, I don't know him personally. I know somebody who's came from Mexico and John went out of his way to welcome them and pictures with a flag and make him feel welcome at the club. So thank you very much, John, and keep up the good work. So obviously, uh, shaking it at the minute is Armin um, with his challenge. So he said last week that if Bury weren't top of the league by the time he played Isle of Man, then he was going to go in fancy dress to of our choice to the Isle of Man while he was there. So I've already seen one comment come in of an idea that he could wear, but obviously we're all welcome to more. So get your tweets in and we'll put the put it up. For Isle of Man's February, isn't it? It is. So it. So a mankini wouldn't be appropriate. <laughs> You'd have to wear it though, if if that's what the the listeners want. Bit chilly, wouldn't it be? <laughs> yeah, you get in. Yeah, I think I think he said as long as he doesn't get fired for wearing it, is all right. <laughs> it will have to be photos. So yeah, I think I think the one at the minute is uh, just stop oil t-shirt. I think that's oh, yeah. that's coming at the minute. Throw him off the ferry. Yeah. <laughs> right, and that's it for this week's podcast. So thank you very much for listening. Huge thanks to Gaz, Pete, Tom and Kate, and we will see you all soon. Bye.